The Feminine Integral, an exploration about integral theory and practice. What is the feminine perspective? Where can we bring in more feminine energy into what was born as theory? Raquel Torrent and Heidi Hernline both engaged in the integral community for many years. Hello, everybody. I'm Heidi Hernline, and I'm here with Raquel Torrent. Raquel Torrent, she is a board member of the upcoming Integral Conference, the first European Integral Conference in Budapest. And we came together to talk a little bit about the feminine in Integral, because Integral is born by a theory, theory of Ken Wilber. And it has for a long time lived in the heads of people in thoughts and theories. And this is normally understood a masculine way of approaching the world. And we are trying to find out how we can give feminine qualities into the integral worldview, let's say it this way. Hi, Raquel, and hello. <laughs> hello, Heidi. Very good to be here with you this morning talking about this interesting and important subject. Yeah, it is really important because it's so much confusion about what is male and female and what is feminine and what is masculine, you know, the confusion between the qualities, masculine and feminine, and the gender, men and women. <laughs> so yeah. it is not confounded, and we often do. Yes, yes. That's a great error, a great mistake that there is that precisely shows the ignorance regarding these uh, differences, which is very important to really know and differentiate, really. Absolutely. And, you know, when you are a woman, it doesn't mean that you bring out fem fem feminine qualities into the world. You will, some, but it is not said that you will do that all the time. You have masculine qualities too, and I hope you have, because we need to be complete beings. And if you are a man, it's not only that you are masculine in the world, you know. You need also to develop feminine qualities, and we really would like to explore this a little bit. And for to begin with, I would like to tell you a little story about an experience I had together with Mark. We have done a training of what is called holistic tango. Okay, uh-huh. And this was very interesting because in tango the man has the masculine part and the woman has the feminine part. So the masculine part, the active part, contains the direction he is leading, mm -hmm. contains also the protection. He is protecting his partner. And the receptive part, which is normally the woman, contains in the presence. She must be very present to be able to follow the direction of the man. And also the second of her duties, let's say in this way, is the enjoyment. To really let go and enjoy to be t 
taken around to be receptive. And this really was a big aha moment because in this course we changed roles. So the men sometimes took the masculine part, the active part, and then the next dance was he took the receptive part and the woman the same. So it was not bound to gender if you were in the active or the receptive part. And what happened, you know, I was not able really to follow. It was really difficult to be receptive. I always wanted to do it my way. At least I tried to be receptive. And then <laughs> I, you know, I just came in and did it my way. And the same thing with Mark, for instance, you know, he should have been guiding me and he didn't really know how to do it, you know. So there was a complete insecurity of in what role are we in. And it took almost the whole course to figure out what role are we in and how to do it. So to be active, to be really giving direction and to be able to transmit the direction to the partner and to also protect the partner for not to run into other people. And on the receptive part, to really let go, to really allow not to know what the next step is, but just follow. And this is really a difficult thing. And only I thought because I'm a woman and I'm meant to be receptive, I was not. <laughs> Well, you know, that's very interesting because, uh, Heidi, what you're telling is precisely something that is uh, showing this difference between the feminine energy and the masculine energy and how when you say, for example, for me, uh, and this is like, let's say, our first uh, different opinion about this because I wouldn't say that the masculine energy is protective. I would say it's the feminine energy which is protective. But what it happens is that over the years and over the cultures, above all, you know, the, the, the time frame, we have developed this idea about the man being the hero and protecting the woman, okay? And I would call that a stereotype, you know. I would say that this has been something which is not in the nature of femininity. Because if we go to the early times of existence uh, on the earth of human beings, then we go to the caves and we see that the ones that were protective of the child, of the cave, of all whatever the possessions were, uh, were the women which stayed precisely taking care and protecting the belongings and, and, and the children that they were. So in reality, the origin of, of femininity is the protection. And, uh, and therefore, I would say that uh, I would like to talk precisely about the difference between archetypal energy and stereotypical energy, which is different. 
Yeah, let's uh, let's clear that out. This is clear that the women are always protecting of their children. But what we are talking here was the roles in tango, in the relationship between a man and a woman. And I think never, I, I don't know actually, but I would say that women didn't protect the men even long time ago. I think it would be the other way around. Women did protect their children, for sure. That what they have, their house, their their animals, whatever is in their area, but I don't think they normally had the role to protect the man. What do you think? Um, I think that nobody was having that type of role of protecting the other adult. Let's say I think that it was protection on both sides. Whenever something from the outside was coming into, let's say, there was not even the concept of the family developed yet. So I think that whenever something from the outside was entering, for example, into the cave, I think that men and women were protecting everything that there was, one to each other. I don't think that there was a role. I think that this is a stereotypical thing that has developed uh, later on, which has made us think that this idea of the, the, the feeble, you know, the weak women that needs the protection of the man, you know, and then the man being the hero. But what about the heroine? You know, because we also have this heroine concept of the archetype of the, the women as heroines. So why to not differentiate that archetypically there is not really, I mean if there is a, a, a protection, how would I say, image, for me it's more on the side of uh, women than men. Uh, I wonder if we can discuss this by the levels of development. I mean, when egocentric area came on, the patriotic, pa patriarch, patriarchic time, I'm sure that then the men took over all these roles. And before, I think that might have been more equally, equally de developed. I, I guess that. What would you think? Uh, I, I think that precisely in the um, egocentric, I mean, for example, in the if we are talking about values, uh, in the red, if we are talking with the spiral dynamics integral, in the development of the red level uh, of value thinking, the values of women and men then there were already separated. They separated the roles there because before, when we are talking about the prehistoric uh, times, you know, in the in the beige or in the purple values, they I think they were not differentiated in this sense. I think that it was then when they started to differentiate, you know, the the power, uh, the power gods. It was who has the strongest force let's say. I think these uh, sort of mythical archetypes, you know, the heroine, the, the, the warrior, and they came up 
when people began to tell stories. So after the purple period, what do you think? Yes, I would say so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this is very interesting that at a certain moment of human development, mm -hmm. archetypes develop and this role division develops. And so we know that in patriarchy there was quite a clear division between what men do and what women do. Mm -hmm. How about the energies, masculine and feminine energy? Mm -hmm. For me, I would say that masculine and feminine energy were there all the time, which for me is this concept of the archetype, this concept of something which is always there, has always been and will always be there. It doesn't change with the times, it doesn't change with the fashion, which that will be the stereotypes, you know, along the years and the cultures, the, the ways of seeing women and men have been different. But the archetype doesn't change. The archetype is always the same throughout the years and throughout the cultures. I would say that's the difference. So in your definition of stereotype, stereotype would be the, let's say, acting out of the archetype in Yes, yes. that's right, absolutely. Oh, this is interesting, yeah, good. Would you like to talk a little bit about how the masculine and the feminine is expressing itself, let's say, in the different stages of development, so when we use spiral dynamics in red and blue and then orange and then green. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? I don't know if I would know how to define that exactly by levels, but what I would say is mainly that um, the development precisely of consciousness uh, makes that these roles change. But you see the concept of roles uh, is already a stereotype. You see, it's, it's because whenever, I would say, whenever there is a manifestation, then we are already talking about a stereotype. Because archetype will be the energy in itself. It's true, it's true that then we are talking about qualities. Like, for example, like what you were saying, more receptive or... Uh, more like, for example, feminine energy is more receptive because of our own physical features, right? So we are more receptive whenever masculine energy is more penetrating. The difference also with women, with, uh, excuse me, because this is what we don't want to do, mistake women and, and feminine energy only, okay? Because Yes, it's true that it's more manifested through the, the women, the feminine energy. But that doesn't mean that men do not have that feminine energy. So it's important to recognize that in the development then of, uh, of these different energies, then the roles have developed also. Then, then the differentiation of what and who does that but it's the consciousness of that, that it then becomes the stereotype, right? It's the concept of that manifestation that then 
whenever it's uh, like um, obliged, let's say, or, or, or seen only as one of the things, then is when it gets a stereotype. Whenever it's only recognized and used, then it can be just the archetype. It's only when it gets fixed. Do we understand this concept of fixed? Yeah, I would like to, to go back and try at least to find out women in the different stages of development. When I think about uh, women in, in the red level of development, where this is the egocentric level of development, and they in their couples, I think this is really the right of the stronger. So the man is stronger, physically stronger, and they would subdue the women. And the women try, the women, I'm talking not about feminine energy, I talk about women, the women would try to find a way to get their egocentric energy out, you know, manipulation or whatever they do. Then in the next level, if in the what we call blue level, in the conventional level, the roles are quite fixed. Women have a certain ethic and behavioral codex and also the men. And they are really hard to, to be exchanged. This is what women do and this is what men do and stop. And then in the orange, in the modern stage, women begin to enter into, into male territory. They begin to do male professions they become also get more masculine energy because now masculine energy is requested to be able to break into a domain which was before close to them. So in this, unfortunately, often women lose a little bit their feminine energy. You know, feminine energy, as we said, it is more receptivity, not knowing where we are going, but look out for things and be creative in life, be creative, find ways to reach the goal, but not exactly knowing what the goal is and going like a, a tank <laughs> towards the goal. This is what I understand by feminine energy. And then in the green level, there is the first time for me that the roles are really questioned that a woman doesn't necessarily need to become a, a man or masculine to, to, to go out into the world. And a man doesn't need to be anymore the manifestation of this masculinity <laughs> as it was before, and is allowed to be soft and accept, uh, develop feminine energy in himself. So for me, it is quite a, a journey you know, for men and women and for couples, for sure, to from the first stages of development to the later stages of development. What would you say? Yes, precisely. But this development that we have seen through the levels, what happens is precisely that the energy, which will be the, the, the what we could call the archetypes, are not manifested in a healthy way, which this is very interesting to, to recognize as well, you know, because when an archetype gets like uh, sick, let's say, then what it happens is that it manifests in such a wrong way or in such a feeble way 
that then starts creating a stereotype that gets fixed, is what we were saying. And in each development, in each level, as you have been experiencing or are expressing, I mean, then what happens is that the, the feminine side is not united with the masculine side. You see, the masculine energies and the feminine energies are not united, are not like uh, uh, recognized. Because, for example, in, in the level that when you said red, okay, or purple, whenever these energies, masculine and feminine, were used, they were not used in this healthy way. So they were not united. They were not like when you say you think or we tend to think that when we have arrived to green then they are united but the question is are they united are they really integrated in a healthy way uh, Raquel I would like to note that we are a little bit doing in a masculine way we are talking about things and sort of theorizing. And I wonder if you could give a direct example for what you think is a not healthy way of expression or a healthy way of expression. So if you find an example of real life to, to make it clearer what we mean. Um, let's say uh, that an unhealthy way of expressing the feminine, which then will be to get stereotype, which is what I am trying to explain. The stereotype of the, the feminine will be like, for example, in the Victorian era, which will be, we could talk about uh, the blue level. Uh, a blue level will be like the Victorian era where the women should be in, in a certain way feeble, weak, acting like very uh, modest and very uh, soft, you know, in, in that style that will be under the man, in a sense. Huh? That will be very unhealthy way of showing the feminine. And then whenever we pass to the orange level, which, as we said, the women then get masculinized, okay? They, they get in this, like you said before very well, they, they tend to become like men uh, and be uh, doing the same things that men. Instead of doing it, integrating their masculine energy, with the feminine energy, they forget about their feminine energy and they take on the masculine stereotype, not archetype of the masculine, but stereotype of the masculine, which will be precisely also unhealthy. That's why they get lost and unintegrated, because they get out of their feminine energy, their real archetype, their real nature, feminine nature, to get masculinized, you see? And instead of getting the masculine archetype, they get also the stereotype, the masculine stereotype of the strong man and the macho man and the, the man that is doing all and, you know, 
I can't do it all and all these things. So it's not integrated either. So that's why we said it's also unhealthy. Yeah, and I would like to join into that and talk a little bit of my own experience. When I grew up, I was the first girl after two brothers. And I had no idea what masculine energy is and what feminine energy is. And I was even adult. And I was, I would say I began to have the first glimpses of the energy of masculinity or femininity. Also, I lived it. But the first understanding, when I was more or less 40 years old, you know, and I'm discovering only now what feminine energy really is. I didn't know that. And I think in our society, we have no real idea what we are talking about, what it really is. Mm -hmm. So our parents didn't tell us, you know. We were pretty much in the paradigm that we have to be good in everything, that we have to do our role and so on. And even when we grew out of this blue level into the orange level, there was a big confusion. And I mean, for instance, the feminists in the 70s, you know, they did exactly that. They dismissed men, but accepted their unhealthy amount of ma masculinity in themselves, you know. So it, it was a whole confusion, and it still is, between what is masculine, what is male, what is feminine, what is, <laughs> what is female. So I really think we need to, to sort that out a little bit, to, to live it, to live the energy of feminine, femininity, mm -hmm. to be really able as a woman to be receptive and mm -hmm. not have to defend herself all the time or be better or be, you know, whatever. There are times where we need to be better or where we no, need to know exactly what we are doing and then we need to go for it, but there are also times where we need to let go, women and men alike. But really yes. to experience these energies, I think this is a big, big deal which we still have to do as a society. Absolutely. That's why I was saying that when we arrive to this green level, then is when we think we have it all done. We think that we have already arrived because we have made the peace and love revolution. And that's when we become more confused even, even more confused, because then we think that we had it made already, and that we have arrived already to the integration of women and men, and no, we are still on the health, unhealthy side of this type of consciousness. We are still lost in femininity and masculinity, we, we don't still have integrated the healthy way of experience it and live in these energies. That's why it's so important to recognize now, to get out of this narcissism, as Ken Wilber calls it, this boomeritis, boomeritis, and enter into a more and higher level of consciousness, which will integrate this feminine and masculine energy, getting out from the stereotypes which now are completely blurred, you know, because at least in the Victorian era, in the blue meme, 
you know, at least they were very differentiated and clear. Now they are the same and healthy, but blurred and, and not even clear anymore. So we are even more lost. We are even more lost. We have no idea anymore who we are. <laughs> exactly. And you know what I'm hearing that in the integral level, in the first, when we do the jump into the second tier, that would be the beginning of sorting these things out. Is it what you think? Absolutely, Heidi. You know that precisely in the first tier, I mean in the first um, uh, level of the tier, of the second tier, which is uh, this um, teal dynamic, it would be yellow. Mm. Well, that will be integral, uh, I mean spiral dynamics. Huh? In, I think in the in the because like Ken changed the colors because he recognized all of a sudden you know that no that he recognized all of a sudden that what he was working with Don Beck, which was the spiral dynamics integral, he was experiencing at the beginning that spiral dynamics was an integral model, and then he recognized that oh no it's not it's just a line. It's just the line of values, the value line, but it's not an integral model. It's just a, a wonderful model to talk, like for example, the Gartner multiple intelligences. It's just a model to talk about the value line. Yeah? So talking about this, then he said, no, 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 I am going to change the colors precisely to talk about levels of development of consciousness because it's what the colors of the spiral dynamics is talking about value memes, value ways of thinking uh, of a person or of a humanity. So like I was saying, I think it was Teal, the first level of the second uh, tier. Whenever we are there, we have to remember that it's an individual level. You know that every level goes individual group, individual group, individual group. We are developing like that in the consciousness from the individual to the collective, from the collective to the individual again, and then like that. So see how interesting, Heidi, this is, that whenever we are in already jumping into second tier, the first level is individual, not collective. So that means that it is the responsibility of each person to recognize this integration of these energies, to recuperate, you know, the real healthy consciousness of feminine and masculine energy, to really integrate it in oneself. Yeah. Able to be in second tier. This is very well said and this is exactly where I collocate myself because the work I'm doing is exactly that for people who let's say in certain lines, developmental lines are already in integral but they are for instance the emotional line is still a little bit behind and mm -hmm. that's why we do shadow work and whatever and what I exactly am doing is re-educate the little beings which have not developed 
together with us, the little beings inside of us, the voices inside of us who have been stuck in time, you know, maybe with two years, with three years, whatever happened in, in childhood and even later, they became stuck in this, in their development. They didn't go on. While other voices might have been gone on, uh, those didn't. And so the work I'm doing is helping people to exactly do this work, to integrate their parts which have been left behind and then had often an unhealthy expression in their lives, you know? Mm -hmm. That adult people, for instance, adult women in a sort of rational situation become a whiny voice. No, I don't know. This is, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. somebody else speaking, but not they, the intelligent and grown-up person, but there's a little person speaking in them when they feel overwhelmed, you know? Mm -hmm. and you can literally, acoustically hear it when people are not in their adult voice, in their developed voice, let's say in the voice which embraces their highest possibilities mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. of their life. So this is what I am doing. Mm -hmm. What are you doing with your clients? Oh, same thing, Heidi. It's, it's the same thing because me as a psychologist and psychotherapist and even as a teacher because this is exactly the same thing I also teach in the classes, you know, in, in this integral training I give one year, I already uh, I'm doing this which if we see is so interesting because even though it is individual to work with individual or, or groups, at the end is for the person to develop, for the person to integrate, but to do what? To then also send it to the world. So it is like a, um, an ongoing process, you know, I am also helping the people, or the, the, the person, the individual or the, the group to recognize themselves in this integration so that they can then relate first of all with themselves and second of all with the world and they, then they become also uh, change agents in themselves because when they act as a model, a role model for others, then people is going to be learning through the change they have made themselves. So it's, it's absolutely wonderful, you know, this, uh, this work of us. <laughs> yeah, it is wonderful when you see the people, I mean, including ourselves, to grow up and become so much more alive and so much more happy, you know, and so much more shining, <laughs> and before it was also difficult and also, oh dear, 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 no. And to see the same process going on in other people who we uh, accompany in this yeah. process, because it's really a growing up process. So what uh, we, never, we never stop growing. That's the interesting. We never stop growing, and and the nice thing is to see this uh, development through the levels of consciousness, and and see in which level we are, you know, and and recognize. Oh, in this line I am in this level, and in this other line I'm, I am in this other level, and my type. Also, you know, my type in this level is more feminine than masculine, or in this line I am acting more feminine than, or more masculine than feminine, see? So it's so, so interesting. I, I really thank 
can that has given us like the means, the, the tools to understand all these more and more clearly. Yeah, to understand it more clearly what has been behind us but you know what I find fascinating that we also have an idea where we can go so we have this map and we can align our being our research our our practices with what we sort of know what comes next before the development at least for me it was it just happened you know it happened, uh, I did things and I hoped that would work and somehow it did, but we never knew. I mean, often, the other day we said with Mark, I don't know actually how I came here on this level of consciousness. Maybe the last 10 years, yes, but before, how I came to that level then, it just happened. There was no clarity and by the help of integral theory, we can collocate ourselves. Because, That's right. Ah, that was it. Ah, I was there. And this is normal. It was all normal. What I thought maybe that I was absurd or something. No, it's just normal. A normal moment of development. And now I can see where I can go. And this is independent if I'm a woman or a man, you know. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Because one of the things I remember very much is that um, uh, John Rowan, which is um, a very interesting psychologist and psychotherapist that I uh, worked with in a, in a time of my life, he is a follower, a crazy follower of Ken Wilber. He was one of also of the ones that talked to me a lot about Ken Wilber. And, uh, and one of the things precisely he said is how important is for the development of human beings, you know, for the individually and collectively, to recognize the feminine, the feminine energy for the world. Because we are in general, you talked about patriarchy before, but it is true that we do not want to go back to either to the matriarchy, you know, but we need to find the integration of these two concepts, of these two energies, you see, but leading, leading by the feminine energy. Because we have been so polarized in the masculine that we need the feminine energy to break through. It's, it's so interesting. It's the masculine side of the feminine energy, let's say. We could put it like that. It's like when Wilbur makes the zones, you see? The zones, which are the interior of the exterior, for example. You see? <laughs> so this will be like the masculine side of the feminine that has to really lead the change for humanity right now. And that's why also Ken defends all the time the need for the feminine energy for the world. Absolutely. This is very well said. The masculine side within the feminine. Because the feminine alone would be only receptive and it wouldn't happen very much. <laughs> so we have However, when we, when we are able to receive, I mean, today we're talking such a lot about, you know, tuning in into the universe and all these things. These are feminine qualities. Mm. To be receptive of what is going on, you know, in energetically, 
These mm. are feminine qualities to be able to do that. But if we are only receptive, you know, I mean, we also have to send out something. And talking here with you is an attempt to send out something. Absolutely, absolutely. We are doing it. <laughs> we are using our feminine energy in a masculine way. Good. And I hope we will continue to do so. I think we are sort of at the end of our session here. Yes, yes, Heidi. But we, we can let it prepare for the next session, which we could be talking like every 15 days. Would that be all right? Okay, we can do that. And we invite uh, the listeners or the viewers to connect with us on our websites and give us uh, suggestions or ask us questions, and we would take them in, you know, and talk about that. Absolutely. The yeah, have some input from you, <laughs> and we can create it together. That's right. We we need this feedback so that we know if we are on the right track of the interest of whoever is listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I thank you very much, Raquel, and we be on another time for sure. And thank you, all listeners, viewers, for your time and for your patience to listen for 45 minutes and have a nice time. Bye-bye. Thank you, Heidi. Bye-bye. <laughs>